So, thanks for visiting with me today. Thanks for coming by. So, so look, if y'all are on Instagram, we put Rainy's Instagram page up here because she has some pretty cool, funny videos on Instagram. Yeah, uh, it's fun. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So you, you, you took the non-boring approach to insurance uh, promotion. Yeah, everyone thinks insurance agents are boring. I mean, ah, we have a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So let, but before we, we, we have five questions that uh, about insurance, uh, and Randy's the expert um, on it. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna ask I'm gonna ask those questions. But what I first want to go into is how did you get into insurance? Oh wow! Uh, so well, I, we'll start with you. Where are you from originally? I'm from Louisiana. Okay, what part? I grew up in Lake Charles. Okay, all my folks are from Louisiana. Where? Uh, Lafayette and Beau Bridge. Ah, I went to college in Lafayette. Really? Yeah. Okay. USL back in the day. Uh, uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> so you know uh, how to eat gum. No wonder you're a foodie. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Now it's making sense. <laughs> now I understand why we connected. Um, yes, yeah, so I grew up in Lake Charles and I moved here about 14 years ago and started this insurance agency and you know from a perspective of wanting to own my own business, Farmers is a great opportunity and uh, really you know I'm in the people business, helping them, protecting them and making an impact. So mm -hmm. it's something that I very much enjoy and um, you know like I said, people think insurance is just boring and, and you know maybe a sales role or maybe just about claims but it has such a variety of things in it that really stimulates me. Yeah, no, yeah. That, that's cool. And um, and um, I'm gonna go before I go to the question. I do have one more uh, question because you just said I went straight from uh, Lafayette to 14 years in the business. Right? <laughs> like what, 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 what got you in the business? What, what what made you curious about it? Was it? Yeah, I did mean, you like grow up draw drawing actuary tables as little girls? Oh something? yes, I love stats. I mean, I do it <laughs> in my part time. I mean, it's a fun thing that I work on, Philip. Um, no, I, you know, I think that, again, I think insurance is more the people business. So I, you know, owned a business in college. I ran a wholesale liquor company in Louisiana, mm -hmm. uh, sort of a statewide format. And moving to Texas, deciding that I want to look at my own opportunity, and I vetted several different options and areas, and I felt insurance had uh, a lot of the, the people component that I enjoy. And so, um, you know, I jumped in. Got just it. jumped in. Okay. Well, yes. got it, got it. So we'll get straight to the questions. Yeah, let's first, do it. First question is, what are the different types of insurances uh, for businesses? And I'm asking that because I have a lot of business clients. Oh, good. And, um, and, and I'm a business owner, and I don't have a clue about business insurance outside of my e and insurance. Right? Yeah. e and is a good one to have. <laughs> yeah, especially in your industry. Uh, so, yeah, when you own a business, I mean, you have everything at risk, right? I mean, it's usually your livelihood, you're depending on it, and sometimes you're Largest asset. So, um, the first thing, I mean, professional liability, especially in your scenario, will help you uh, from you know if you make a mistake or if something's misinterpreted or advice, right? So mm -hmm. that's something that is a professional in my industry as well. Uh, we have to make sure we have in place. Uh, also, though, general liability is sort of that you hear that term often with business policies, and that's sort of like in, in my office right now we have general liability coverage in case there were to be a you know slip and fall or an accident or something happens with a customer or a client coming into my space, right? Because mm -hmm. I would be held responsible for mm -hmm. that. Um, so when you know you're a business owner, you sometimes either own your location or you lease it, 
and so that will dictate the type of policies that you need mm -hmm. but in addition to that you usually have stuff in your office right I've got a table and chairs and all kinds of people and computers here and everything <laughs> else and so we want to make sure that business property is covered as well uh, and then if you have you know employees and we all need a great team um, then you look at workers compensation okay because if I push you out of this chair right now and you fall down and you're my employee not that we do that around here <laughs> uh, but if there's an accident you know you want to make sure that you're not paying that bodily injury and that medical cost and you know all of those things yourself because it could really put that large asset at risk mm -hmm. right so those are the, the common areas that you need to consider okay okay not important uh, what are the how are driverless cars going to impact the insurance rates? You know, inter I'm, I'm interested that you asked that question. I think we keep hearing about it, right? Driverless cars, mm -hmm. uh, and what I think, and this is strictly you know my opinion because I'm not an, uh, an actuary in this area, uh, but it seems that they will be more uh, born from the manufacturer. And what I mean by that is the rates. So whereas if it is a driverless vehicle, I imagine the risk would be associated more on the product liability side for the vehicle uh, because, you know, it's, it's not me as the driver who's causing the accident, right? So it's very difficult to rate that risk for the driver side. Mm -hmm. So my, my, my feeling on it is that it'll be more on the manufacturer side because it's their technology, it's everything that they have that's actually running that vehicle. So, you know, depending on how, and, and I, again, I don't know a lot on how it'll be rolled out or how as a user we'll be able to take advantage of it. But, mm -hmm. you know, if it's an Uber app, for example, and we're, you know, pressing that button and getting our, our driverless car to pick me up and take me somewhere, uh, then I think in that instance you still have some exposure uh, because you want to make sure if a vehicle that has a real driver in it hits your non-driver vehicle, right. right, there still needs to be some coverage inside of that vehicle for uninsured motorist and comprehensive and collision for the unknown risks. But most of it, in my opinion, will be just provided and built into the cost of that car. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah when you said that, I was like, I was like, yeah, because, yeah, especially if Uber does. You're like, yeah. If, if, just, if, it, if, it, if it's a Tesla, then then that might be a different scenario. But it's like, which I love, I love the idea of not having a car. Oh, me too. I, I, I mean, not driving is a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. Especially what we do. I need to make all kinds of phone calls. Right, yes. I mean, if I Uber, then I'm sitting in the back seat just returning emails and on my dad, usually catching up with my father. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, making those calls, it's my 20-minute car ride to somewhere to where mm -hmm. I can sort of catch up and, and not have to pay attention. Uh, it's. I feel like it's safe driving yeah. from a passenger perspective. Right. Well, and, and that's why I asked the rates question specifically was people say uh, human being drivers are safer than computers. I'm like, no, you must not look out the window when you yeah. drive. Yeah, because when you do what, they're the, all... On the phone, uh, text. text messaging. Absolutely. You know, and, and even without the phones, I got three-year-old and all the distractions yeah. that come from whenever they're Daddy, going crazy. Yes, yes. Listen, I have a seven-year-old, and so he's just like, how, how, when will we be there? Where's my Wi-Fi signal? Like, where, I mean, there's just lots of chatter coming from the back seat. You know, we have music. I mean, distracted driving is everywhere around us, and it call, it's the major cause of accidents, right? Yeah. So, you know, when you look at the risk of that, um, I think, 
from the product liability side, it depends on how great their technology is, and I'm sure attorneys will love that piece because it's who's, who's responsible, <laughs> bigger right? Pockets, bigger pockets. That's right. That's right. Um, so, but I think it'll it'll ease the consumer side. But you know, you kind of wonder then what happens to the person who's actually driving the car? Does it shift the rate back on us a little bit? You know, or does it shift it all over to the manufacturer? Yeah. That's my opinion. Yeah, yeah. So it, overall, overall, I you know, I think it'll lower costs overall, even if we end up paying for it, because I think there'll be less accidents, which farmers will like, you know. Absolutely. Like. You know, we've got to replace a lot of vehicles, though. I mean, there, you know, I, I don't know the exact number, but, you know, hundreds of millions of vehicles in the U.S., so that percentage of driverless cars is still going to be pretty small, I think, in the very yeah. beginning. So I think it'll take a little time yeah. to really see a yeah, change it, on yeah. rate. But I love be, how positive you are. Well, it, it won't be till our kids have kids. That's right. Yeah, because, but, but, um, but yeah. Yes. It'll be interesting as it comes out. I think so. What are other things? Hey, y'all, just so you know, I'm looking at the questions. <laughs> what are you? <laughs> they're, like, they're like, what is he looking I'm at? I'm just going to go off the cuff. There, you just. I like, I like Yes. It. What are other things I should consider other than price when buying insurance? Uh, your agent. Your agent is number one. I think, you know, who who are you going to be dealing with? Who are you going to be talking with? Who's going to give you professional advice and sort of guide you along the way? Because while your carrier, you know, making sure they're financially rated, they're a good company, someone's heard of them, you know, they have a reputation. I get calls and they're, you know, random name, like, you know, dinosaur insurance or something, you know, it's like, good luck, good luck, I don't never heard of that, I mean, they're actually extinct, if you will, you know, so, <laughs> I mean, you want to make sure you're going with a reputable company. The other piece of it, Philip, when you're shopping is that not all policies are built the same, mm -hmm. you know, the details are going to be in the endorsements and the, the exclusions of the actual policy. Explain an endorsement. An endorsement would be an extra added coverage uh, to a policy. So if you're adding, you're taking a basic policy with you know uh, fire coverage and water coverage and you know wind and hail and things like that, and you're adding some extra coverage to it, maybe a slab endorsement, maybe sewer backup, uh, maybe marring the metal roof, you know whatever it may be, you're endorsing, you're making a change to the base policy itself. Mm -hmm. um, then an exclusion on the other side would be, well, just as it says, excluding an event from being covered. So excluding an occurrence. So if you're excluding sewer backup, then it means you're not gonna get that covered, right? So when we when people are shopping, a lot of times they say, "Well, yes, I've looked at it. I know that I, they're the same, you know." And they're really just looking at how much the house is insured for. This one's three hundred thousand, and this one's three hundred thousand. Rainy, they're the same thing, you know. And and they're not. I mean, it's it's all going to trickle down to you know where the details are, what we're actually paying for when there's a claim, and those, I mean, that's where you might save a few bucks up front thinking mm -hmm. you did your own great job shopping, mm -hmm. um, but you need an expert to help you because during a claims process, I'm going through one right now, I mean, you want to know um, what will be paid, mm -hmm. how much you'll be out of pocket, because it'll be a whole lot more than that $100 you saved on your policy, right. you know, so you want to go with a good company, good mm -hmm. agent. Okay. That's important. And I and I'll also, you know, throw one more plug in there because, um, you know, I used to, um, I never, I actually worked at USA in college a long time ago, uh, but okay. uh, yeah. but I did life insurance for a while, and I would, and I would tell people I'm like, look, when it comes to insurance, you know, you got the big companies, right, and you know, y'all are one that 
big as highly rated that pays claims. So I'm like, if you're with one of those companies that's well known that pays claims, right? I personally wouldn't recommend you shop around um, uh, only because it negatively impacts your rates, right? From, from, from what I understand, insurance companies don't like hopping around, people who hop around, and they actually like people who stick around for a long time. Sure. And, so, and so I'm like, year to year, what you'll notice is this company might be cheaper on home for this year and uh, you know then the next year is this company but i was like if you if you hold it through a 10-year period of time and you're the same low risk type of a person that's right what the up, trend line will look like yeah, right you end up getting a lower cost if you're a low risk type person by staying with one company that's right. if you don't and they're like oh i never said that so, i say so just find one that'll pay claims find, find an agent that'll educate you mm -hmm. and then stay with them is that right that's, that's a, a great advice. point it is it really is and that's the truth and a lot of people aren't looking at it i mean in your business you're looking at everything long term right your, mm -hmm. your big picture long term you know how much money can we gradually put away and what it'll look like down the road right so we're sort of the, along the same line of thinking Find a great company, stick with them, and you're going to see things uh, adjust up, down, level. It's going to fluctuate over time, but everything fluctuates over time. Again, mm -hmm. mirroring your same industry. Mm -hmm. you're, <laughs> you're like, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's what I sell all the time. <laughs> stick, stay with the process. So what does an umbrella policy cover? Because I know a whole lot of people don't have them that should have them. Well, and you probably advise people to buy them, mm -hmm. I imagine, you know, based on what their assets are and what you want to make sure you continue to invest for them and they're not having to liquidate, right? So <laughs> so an umbrella is simply an extension of coverage. So if you have some underlying liability on your home, for instance, in your auto, we're taking that liability, and let's use an example of 500000 on your auto insurance and 500000 on your home. The umbrella extends that liability coverage and starts at a million. So you can go from one million and higher. So you would have an essence, for the example in the home, one and a half million to pay on a claim. And keep in mind, you know, these are for large claims uh, that you're going to be held responsible or potentially sued for uh, that were accidental for bodily injury or property damage that you may have caused on an accident, but you're still responsible. So some of these really large claims and the, the, the cost of just the attorneys eat up you know, mm -hmm. as you know, I mean, so much, and you want someone defending you. That is, that is a high quality uh, attorney, right? So, so just the legal cost alone, not to mention any damages that will you be responsible for. Um, it really gives people peace of mind. And what most people don't know is they're usually under a few hundred dollars a year to have one million dollars in coverage. That's not bad. It's not bad. And when you bundle coverages, there's discounts. That price gets you know improves. Um, but, you know, you look at it from a perspective, anytime someone has a uh, youthful driver, their 16-year-old is ready to jump in the car, when your three-year-old is ready to jump in your car and drive, let me know, okay? Because the first thing, you know, they are, you, you have, it's like all your assets driving around in the trunk of that vehicle, right? Mm -hmm. And you are responsible for what they do. Again, we just talked about distracted driving. And so um, that is really when you need it. You don't know what's gonna happen in that vehicle. Mm -hmm. And uh, they are a beautiful peace of mind to have in your, in, in your insurance plan. Okay, okay. Um, last technical question, then I'm gonna have Hi. five other questions. <laughs> hey y'all, hey look, we got somebody coming in, take pictures. <laughs> hey. How's it going? How's it going? Good. 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 I wish I could turn, I wish I could turn. <laughs> that is so funny. She doesn't wish you could do that. <laughs> <laughs>
Um, uh, last technical question, but I'm also going to uh, ask you five questions that I ask every guest. Oh. I forgot to send you those, but oh, these, these are fun questions. All right. So you'll know, you'll know, there is no wrong answer on these questions. Um, so how are insurance companies going to leverage big data to improve their underwriting? Because that's affecting like every business, and I imagine actuaries. Like if I were an actuary, I would be in love with big data. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Why is that? Because, you know, big data allows you to... Dive deeper? Yeah, better price risk. It's like, you know, 200 years ago, the way insurance companies underwrit was prehistoric, you know, compared to today. But today with data, you know, outside stuff they already use, you can use all kinds of things that you can pick up off the internet to, to underwrite, um, mm -hmm. you know, risk, right? Some right. of it unproven, some of it proven over time, but I'm, I'm imagining the insurance companies that use it early and find that that works is going to have a uh, advantage um, over the ones who don't right yeah i think so i think already there it's being used in the industry i mean most carriers have a hundred plus data points that they're underwriting you on mm -hmm. you know and are they you know when the time that we enter information about someone I and mean, it's coming down to just putting in a, a name almost and We've been able to pull up their prior back, you know, their, their addresses, mm -hmm. their driving history. I mean, the, the data that is rolling out, it, it not only helps the speed of which we can provide insurance, but it will also help the ability for us to assess our risk, right? Yeah. So in that, in that instance, um, we'll be able to better segment, I feel like, our risk because it won't be in one general pot, right? It's going to be, you're a great driver and you're not because we know, you know? <laughs> you need to get this a driverless car. <laughs> um, so I, I think it just really, it does help us to better price, I think, the risk piece. It helps to speed the process up, um, faster, more accurate information. You know, even if you look at apps like, for instance, Farmers has a Signal app, and, and a lot of carriers have their own app where it's tracking you while you're driving, right? That's cool. And that, it, it's very cool. Um, I do have, you know, a lot of people that really enjoy it and that are saving a lot of money on their insurance. Some people feel like, hey, that's Big Brother. You know, that's big data. Who's looking at me and who's watching me? Somebody's looking at you anyway. And they're looking anyway. You know, and if you've logged into Google, Google knows where you are, right? Mm -hmm. And this information is more self-directed, right? Because I'm consenting to say, hey, rate me on what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. So, they're, you know, people have the ability in, some, in that instance to give more data points, mm -hmm. you know? Because you go from, you've got big data, now you've got personalized individual data. And if, if I think more people will sort of open you know, their eyes and be willing to test that out, you'd be surprised. Yeah, you know? if, you're, if you're not a risky person, then I will want to, right? Because the, right. the more they know that, the better rates they can give you. Yeah, and it is an adjustment in technology, and it's an adjustment to turning your app on and, <laughs> and understanding it a little bit. Mm -hmm. and, but technology is an adjustment. I mean, think of the first time I had an iPhone. You know, trying to find my buttons and everything, right. and the settings, and it's that feeling all over. And you know, it's, it changes and always comfortable, yeah. right? Yeah. But I think it's it's really helpful. So well, cool. Yeah. cool. Um, so, first question: If you can go back and talk to a twenty-two-year-old range, what would you tell her? <laughs> oh boy, uh, I would have probably said, um, you know, uh, well, I was traveling quite. So I couldn't say travel more. <laughs> uh, you know, I would I would say um, 
surrounding myself with more like kind people, you know, and, and I say like kind meaning with a growth mindset at a younger age, um, learning and, and reading more at that time and trying to expand my, my viewpoint, I think is, is a great thing uh, now. And I wish I would have done more of that at a younger age, mm -hmm. you know. So that that would be some some great advice for twenty two year old Rainy. Okay. Yes. Okay. And um, what are three companies that you spend money with that you like really enjoy giving them your money? Really enjoy giving. Them. I feel like I give my money to a lot of places, but you need me to <laughs> narrow it down to mm -hmm. three. Okay. Uh, well, Amazon always comes to mind, you know, because they deliver groceries to my house and really anything that we we need anywhere. Um, Whole Foods, still almost an Amazon issue, right? Mm -hmm. uh, gets a lot of my money. And American Airlines, okay. they seem to have a lot as well. I mean, mm -hmm. because travel is one of my priorities and, um, yeah, free, building frequent flyer I'm, 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 I'm noticing as I, <laughs> as I was, as I was talking about insurance and lowering costs, I was like, I need to just pick a hotel and an airline to stick with them because I'm missing out on points. Right, on points. I'm missing out on points. It, they help. They really do. I mean, I love American, obviously, you know, Southwest, but usually American. And uh, But Marriott has a great program. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm staying in a Marriott hotel right now for a while, and uh, I'm just racking up my points. I'm super excited about it. I'll use them one day. <laughs> but uh, it, it really pays, again, to stay loyal, to mm -hmm. our point. Yeah. Stay with someone, stay with a brand, and it pays off. Yeah, absolutely. Where do you get your news, and not a specific like channel, but is it um, newspaper, TV, Google, social media? How do you get informed on what's going on in the world? Hmm. Uh, well, my, my favorite is the Wall Street Journal. Uh, my time to read it is very limited. So uh, I would do, uh, honestly, a few days a week, Wall Street Journal and maybe some headlines on um, on um, a Ink blog that I'm reading, or you know, a few different blogs that I subscribe to, mm -hmm. uh, will give me some sort of topics to go with. But uh, I've really eliminated a lot of the time that I spend watching TV mm -hmm. and watching the news. Not that I'm oblivious to it, but yeah. I just choose to put that time somewhere else and, and get the highlights. You yeah. know, and if it's something that I want to deep dive in, I'll deep dive. Mm -hmm. well, yeah. Okay. That's a trend too, by the way. Is it? I've asked this question, uh, this question uh, to every guest, and that's the trend, right? And, and it's also based on age, right? Different age in general answer different ways. Yeah. Well, and you know, you think about it, and I was ta talking with a friend about the same topic, and she said, well, I'm concerned about that. Highly concerned, because she said, you know, if, if you don't, if you're not getting your news from enough sources, then are, are, are more people shutting down to where they're disinterested? You know, then they get disengaged and they're not involved, and you know, kind of becomes a political thing. But um, it's interesting that you you find it a trend as well because mm -hmm. I, I I hear that that you know most people are just tired of watching it. Yeah. You know? Well, you know, but you know, and, and and this is this is old versus new, right? People who say that I'm like, yeah, but y'all don't realize three networks controlled our brains mm -hmm. for a, a long time. Yes. Now it's more democratized, yeah. so I think we're more, you know, we're more educated because. We may pick up something from social. We may pick up something from newsletter. Right. We may pick up something in conversation. We so get more viewpoints. Yeah, you're still aware. And then, like you said, what you're interested in, you'll dig deeper. But you don't have three network telling you what to think. Exactly. You know? Three nightly news anchors telling you what's going on mm -hmm. in the world. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, <laughs> and they're all coordinated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
So, so um, fourth question, whenever you do get downtime ah. and you shut off the brain and you want to just like, you know, be entertained, what are, what are some shows or movies you like to watch? Ah, what am I binge watching? Is that what you want to know, mm -hmm. Philip? Uh, so I like, uh, let's see, lately I've watched Billions. Okay. Yeah, on, on Showtime. It is a good one. It's, it's interesting. And uh, Sneaky Pete comes to mind. Uh, is that good? I thought it, it's it, come up a couple times. Yeah, I think the first few seasons were, were really interesting. So I'm, I'm, I, haven't, I haven't picked up on their most recent one. Um, and then, you know, Grey's Anatomy. I mean, how can I not say Grey's Anatomy? It, it's sort of just a fun. Now, I haven't seen it in a while. I'm sure hopefully it's on my DVR somewhere but, or Hulu. But um, yeah, I mean, not, I don't I don't watch a whole bunch of TV, but those few come to mind. Okay. Yeah, okay. on demand TV, right? Mm -hmm. Whenever, whenever you do whenever find the time. To, yeah. What are you watching? Uh, right now, I'm in the process of watching Supergirl. Supergirl. I know, right? It's crazy. What is it about? Super. What you don't know who Supergirl is? Supergirl. Oh, sweet Jesus! <laughs> so I'm a I'm a comic book nerd. Oh, right? okay, so, yeah. yeah. So let me let me preface this. Please. Every, educate me. I don't watch a lot of TV. Like, I almost watch nothing but Narcos and comic book movies and, Nar and shows. That's a, Nar it's like, yeah, no. Yeah, okay. It's a big difference. All right, I will look, look her up. But, um, but super, so this is the interesting part about media. I invest a lot of media, too, uh, in the individual stocks that I buy. And um, what media is getting really smart at doing is interweaving shows. Mm -hmm. Right, so for example, DC is like one universe of heroes, like mm -hmm. it's a comic book, right? And so they have all these heroes, and the best show they had was Flash. Okay, I know who Flash is. Yep, and then Green Arrow had a show, and it was eh, and then they had another show, and then they had Supergirl. Well, I didn't watch Supergirl um, for a while, but they start weaving her into the other shows, and they all are like on one storyline with different shows. Ah. So you end up getting sucked into all of them if you really want to know. Do what's you? Really you really on. do get sucked into it's, all of it's them. It's genius. <laughs> I'm like, it's that, genius. that is right. They kind of. Mm -hmm. Kind of like, like the movies, kind of like Marvel movies. Do, right. where they connected them. They're doing that with the shows, and so. I sense a future podcast on this. Yep, yes. you'd be a great reviewer then I would, for... Oh, I, would, I can like go <laughs> every week on a different hero. Tied into your financial background, what you're investing in, mm -hmm. you can find a link for this. Absolutely. Yeah. Buy some... Hey, side note, <laughs> I, almost, I, I, uh, uh, I bought AT&T stock because they bought Time Warner and it was okay. relatively cheap and Time Warner, in my opinion, was not reflected in the in stock their, price. Right. I held it for a little bit, made a little bit of money, but then I didn't, I didn't love the way they were rolling out their streaming service. Okay. Um, and so I ended up selling Sign it. Um, and then there's Spectrum now, right? Uh, no, they haven't bought Spectrum. They haven't bought, okay. Um, they bought, they, the big acquisition was they bought um, uh, Time Warner, which owned Warner Studios, HBO. Mm, okay. Right? Um, a couple other properties, but those were like um, the big ones because, you know, Warner Studio owns DC. And, like their movie hits are going to come from Warner Studios and HBO is going to be their Netflix competitor. To um, put your money where your eyes are. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. I, if I'm gonna, if I'm not gonna diversify and buy a mutual fund or an ETF, and I'm buying a stock, it needs to be something that's priced right, right. that I like understand. You know. Yeah. I, and so, you know, and I only have to own five to ten, five to ten companies at a time. So, I I pass up a lot. Mm -hmm. um, but what I buy, like I know, you know. So. What's your vetting process for that? You know. Yeah, so great question. So, um, whenever I buy a stock or an ETF, 
because there's, there's ETFs that can buy a basket of stocks that fit my criteria, mm -hmm. right? The first, what you would call a quantitative criteria, is it needs to um, be cheap relative to other similar stocks. Um, it needs to have some momentum, which means, you know, if it's cheap but it's falling hard, I don't want to buy that one, right? I want to buy it when the fall is slow enough and it's, you know, recovering a bit. So cheap has some momentum. Quality, quality means um, uh, it's profitable, doesn't have a whole lot of debt, right? And, 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 the, and the benefit to, and all this is based on like research um, on which, if you break up the stocks, which ones lead to outperformance over time, right? Mm -hmm. The first two big ones is momentum and value. Mm -hmm. But then quality, people are like, well, well how, you know, how are they like, how, how, how do people miss quality companies? They're like, because when you get in a late stage of a market cycle, you get crap companies that are highly leveraged, right, or don't have great financials, but that, that are just exciting. They go up a lot and they ignore the good companies and then the boring investors, uh -huh. you know, buy them. And, and through a cycle, meaning an up and a down market, they end up doing better because they, you know, when, when they go down, they don't go down as much and they right. have the cash to acquire garbage, you know, companies, assets, you know, right. that make them more competitive in the future. So those three and then the last one being, you know, size. So if I can buy a smaller company, right, so I'm not super interested in AT&T because um, it has a great dividend and it's big, so many components. it's not going to grow mm -hmm. bigger than like an Ulta, right. you know, right. beauty, mm -hmm. you know, um, which is growing amazing, which is also a company I own. So, okay, so, yeah. yeah. But um, so, so once it passes those four things and I have you know, quantitative criteria for narrowing it down, or I'll have an ETF that buys it. But if, for my stock portfolio, I'll narrow it down to that. And then I'll go into, and this, I'm trying to make this, this question super short, <laughs> but I want to invest uh, in a trend. Sure. Right, so in a trend, uh, you know, the, the three big ones to narrow time is the, the trend in advertising, like, what you were just referring mm -hmm. to, cross-advertising and blending mm -hmm. it into who's multiple getting, channels. Who's getting and new money. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, the trend in retail, right? And, and not just online, because there's some um, physical locations that are doing things well to compete in the online as well. So that trend, and then trend in payment processing, which is, you know, not the cryptocurrency, yeah, yeah. but the guts, you know, but the guts of the processing, the underlying blockchain, blockchain. Uh -huh. yeah, Apple Pay, and, and how all that is working to lower costs, right? And so those are what I'm looking at, and I know real well. And so if I can find a company that meets those criteria as a dominant player um, and is in trend, you know. What's your favorite buy. company you have now? What are you um, loving? The, the three biggest holdings, right? My money's in my mouth is. is, is, is <laughs> your is, eyes and your mouth. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Uh, Facebook. Uh, Ulta and Amazon are three biggest holdings, mm. um, you know, for a lot of different reasons, but I can like go to sleep uh, and wake up in 10 years and still make a whole lot of money off those companies, in my opinion, you know, because, you know, they're, they're not going to be stopped. Yeah, yeah. definitely not. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, thanks for asking. Yeah. Um, last question. Oh, I have one more. Yeah, okay. One more, one more, and then we're and then we're we're, we're done. What are the top three books um, you've read and or podcast you've listened to? Oh wow! Uh, so let's see. Most recently, I've read Essentialism, mm -hmm. and just about sort of paring things down in your life and doing with less, if you will. And that's that was a real riveting read, hmm. uh, but but also eye opening in, in some certain areas of of. Um, 
holding on to things and growing and, and that kind of thing. So it's something I recommend. It's a great book. Uh, also, uh, the gold standard. I mean, I'm just thinking of things like for my recent flight or, or you know vacation. <laughs> yeah, I, I read the gold standard. Um, that's a, a John Michelli book, and that's about uh, the the service industry and sort of that Ritz Carlton effect of how to treat people. Um, I also like Darren Hardy, uh, the compound effect. Uh, that's another great one. Just those slow bits of things, you know, decision by decision by decision, and it just compounds, you know. And we love compounding, don't we? Uh, we love compounding. Uh, but you know, the things that we do, uh, you know, have a compound effect. If we choose to do, you know, eat potato chips every day, right? Then, yes. You know, yeah, exactly. It just all adds up little by little. So, you know, and I'm reading things lately that are a little bit more uh, you know, growth motivating, uh, learning about other industries. Those are the things that, that excite me. And of course, my Ask Philip podcast. <laughs> you have to subscribe to Ask Philip, right? Right, right now. Oh, wait, wait, right now. I forget. <laughs> yeah. Hey, y'all, this is my first time using Amiibo, so I keep looking at my phone, thinking I'm recording on my phone, but it's I'm just really here. right here. I am just here. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you coming on. How can folks reach you? I mean, we have your... This is a, this is on Instagram. Yeah, this is our Instagram handle, Rainy Alfers Agency. I'm also on there at Rainy Alfers. The best way to look us up: Facebook, Instagram. You can call me. You can just Google me. Just find us. Let me know if I can help you with uh, insurance needs. And and we talked about some financial stuff. So look, y'all, don't sue anybody. This is for educational and informational purposes only. Not meant to be financial advice of any sort. Right. So we got the disclaimer out there. Um, so keep your attorneys in check. Yes, yes. Have a nice day. Thanks for having me, Philip. Uh, thanks for being out.